FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 105 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked. We're your host, Jason and Denise Venable. What's up? And this is it. It the is? The death of Wolverine number four out of four. That means he's dead. What's that song, Taps? Y'all. I think we're good. Okay, well that's it anyway. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so we'll talk about the death of Wolverine, then we'll do some, um, we also kick off the Logan Legacy number one, and then we'll do a, kind of some special Wolverine Requiem issues. Requiem? Yeah, and then we'll do and some comics that pretend he's still alive. Okay. Anyway, we do have a little bit of news. Um, there's going to be a Wolverines plural series. Wolverines? Yeah, and it's going to be weekly, and it kicks off, I think, after the death of Wolverine Weapon X miniseries. So he's really not dead. We, we'll see. He's dead, but there may be other things going on. In essence, the podcast that goes snick still snicks. Yes. We won't, and we won't even be relying on flashback episodes. We'll be flashback. We'll be we'll be keeping it current. Keeping it current. Keeping for it real. a while at least. Yeah. So, yeah. How about we get into it? Let's do it. All right. Here we go. I walk these streets with six claws in my hand. I'm trying to keep my adamantium. I'm from Canada, eh? <laughs> and I'm only five feet tall. I've seen a million mutants, and I've snicked them all. I'm a cowboy with steel on my insides. I'm wanted. Wanted. Dead or alive. Yeah, with the key change. That was intentional, right, babe? I have no idea. (laughs) I just randomly sing. I have no knowledge of keys, E, F, G, H, W, Y, Z, whatever. Mm, yeah, there's none of those. There is E, F, and G. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, Death of Wolverine, the last issue. Dun, this dun, dun. is History, the Michael Jackson album. Um, written by Charles Soule, penciled by Steve McNiven, inked by Jay. Listen. Listen. Colors by Justin Ponsor, letters by Chris Eliopoulos, and the cover is by McNiven. Listen. And Ponsor. And I gotta say, I really like this cover. We have Death with her hood off. So we have a skeleton and a cloak carrying a naked wolverine, all bloodied. Field of wheat. Yeah. Weird. Very peaceful walking through that field of grain. Yeah, I will say there is something peaceful about this cover, considering how slightly... Violent it is? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like Wolverine's all bloodied. 
But that's just carrying them through the field. I like the dark color of the sky. I gotta say, don't like the foil at all on this one. I was gonna say, I it's like my It's incredibly distracting and hard to see. I like my cover better. Yeah, well, you get the, you get the colors. Yeah. The color of the sky, of the grass, of, of death. Well, the thing is, the foil makes all the colors really muted. And blendy. Yeah. That's the word, right? Blendy? Yeah. Totally, babe. Yeah, it's... I don't know. I have... I vacillate back and forth. Sometimes I like this cover. Sometimes I don't. Oh, okay. I don't know. When I look at your floppy version with the foil, I don't. It's kind of annoying. But the cover in and of itself, I think it's pretty great. Yeah, I kind of wish instead of... Now... I get printing, I get that you buy things in bulk and whatnot, so I understand why they did all the covers in foil, but I kind of wish, you know, there's so many printing methods that if this was the big death of Wolverine, that they would have picked a paper significant to each cover. So like on the poison one, it was cool in the foil, but maybe on this one, it would have been cooler to have like... So there's a process where you can print on matte paper and then you print your black ink and then it goes to this other process where basically it puts particles of felt into the ink. So like if you were to touch the floppy cover, all of death's black would be very felty and it would have a texture to it. And I think that would have been a whole lot more interesting. That sounds expensive. It is expensive, but okay, let's think about this. They're already up in your comic a buck, and they print so many of them that I I just can't see that it would be that much more. And I think it would have been a cooler process had all four been done with a different printing technique instead of just... I, I do, do like do that foil? idea. Yeah, maybe do like a... Um, what's it called when they cut holes in the cardboard? Die cut? Yeah, but that just reminds me uh, Wolverine number 50 had a... Kind of like a, a manila folder look. Yeah. And then there were three claws like cut slash. through the front of it. Yeah, and then yeah. you open it up and there was a, the file was underneath. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like they could have done so much more with these four covers than just going, we're going to foil it all. <laughs> yeah, I thought it worked on some of them and didn't work on others. But let's see how Wolverine dies. I will say the inside flaps are back to black and white. And I don't have inside There's no flaps. color wash. So I like how we ended and started this series. Well, no, you do have a color wash. Because in your very first one, it was straight black and white. This is gray and white, or gray and black. Is it? Yep. So then we have a black page with white history. Not white history, but history in white. <laughs> Getting a little racist there, baby. Yeah. And we see Wolverine driving in a Jeep through a desert. This reminds me a lot of Old Man Logan, which Steve McNiven drew. I do not like the type. I, I get they're trying to, like, cover the spread, but it is so hard to read Death of Wolverine Part 4. I don't think it is on the iPad. I can see it a little bit on the two-page spread because you get the crease. and. Well, you have to understand, I read the minute Jason came home with the floppy, I was like, hand it over. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, I like it. It kind of has a western font. And then over this kind of desert background, I think it looks cool. Yeah, I, I think the font goes. I just, I would have preferred it a little bit smaller. And I think what they were trying to do is land the type so that most of it fell on either side of the stitching. The stitching? The staples. Oh, okay. The fold, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. I just, I'm not yeah. fond of it. It's hard to read. Okay. Well, we're in Paradise Valley, Nevada. 
and Wolverine is heading to uh, Dr. Cornelius's new base. He found out who the big boss is, and he's on his way. I forget, is the blue sense taste or smell? I think those are his senses. Yeah, but is like, he tasting the fear of the people, or is he smelling it? I think blue just means, like, this is his emotional feeling, and red is his physical feeling. I don't know. I feel like every color, every sense has had a different color through this series. We should have tracked that, made a chart. Yeah. Well, we'll do that next time. We'll get our color-coded Sharpies out. Anyway, I really like this panel of Wolverine with his classic Wolverine pose. His arms out, claws extended. Yeah, but, but he has faux claws. Yeah, and they are. He made his own, so he wouldn't have to keep snickting. Yeah, he's got like little leather straps around his uh, upper forearm. Yeah, he could have used something else, maybe a sword, but I feel like, you know what? I, I fight well with my claws. I've been doing it a long-ass time. Yeah. I'll just, but I don't want to keep using them because it hurts really bad. So I'll just make my own claws. Yeah. And that will come into play later, FYI. Anyway, he takes out some guards and he gets them to tell him where Cornelius is. And interestingly enough, he's in Lab 10. And why is that interesting? Well, remember when we revealed that Weapon X was not by itself. It was part of Weapon Plus. And the X didn't stand for X-Men or Xavier or Mutants or anything like that. It was just the Roman numeral 10. Because Wolverine was Weapon 10. And now this is Lab 10. And Dr. Cornelius has been trying to recreate Wolverine, basically. Right. And Wolverine comes in. He's like, no. Well, and I love this panel where uh, Wolverine's got his hand on the glass. And he's observing what's going on. Because you can see what he made his claws out of. Yes. Yeah, those little... Uh, what do you call it's them? It's rebar. Yes. So he took rebar and he sharpened the ends of them. Yeah. To make faux claws. So yeah. that stuff is harder than all get out. Well, he probably used his real claws to do it. Yeah. One last time. I'm going to pop them one last time. Yeah. To make some fake ones. Um, I got to say, so we see a guy in a tube looks a lot like Wolverine. He does look a lot like Wolverine. Just want to keep that in mind. And Wolverine's like, no. And there's some more people that don't look like Wolverine on some uh, tables, lack of a better word. Yep. And we see a tube of adam- molten adamantium. And Dr. Cornelius is like, finally, Ogun said you'd be coming. I'm sorry, Ogun. At Tokyo Training Boy, Georgie uh, told us how to say it. It's That's right. Ogun. So Ogun said you'd be coming. I appreciate it very much. Saves me some money. And Wolverine tries to bang on the the glass and he can't get through. So these claws are super sharp, super dangerous in the hands of Wolverine, but they're not adamantium. Right. So he can't just automatically cut through this glass. He can bang on it all he wants. And Dr. Cornelius says he's making it right. All of his failures, and I like when he says failures, we see a very downtrodden Wolverine reflected in his glasses. Like, you're my biggest failure, basically. But now he's getting it right, he says. He goes, I deserve to be known for something other than helping make a killer unkillable. Which, I like the way that split between the panels, because you think, oh yeah, he made Wolverine, he made a killer. But he's saying, no, I didn't make the killer, I just made it so no one else could kill the killer. Right. And he basically says... His mistake was he experimented on an animal. That Wolverine was just a wild animal. And now he's experimenting on the best humanity has has to offer. Athletes, secret service, super spies, you name it. That's what he's doing. He says the problem is the adamantium bonding is not working. Hmm. Because they don't have a healing factor. 
You know, as I came up with this serum, which did this make you like the serum better? It made me like the serum better. A little. Okay, I thought it was cool. Because basically it's Dr. Cornelius is trying to bioengineer a healing factor. And he says it works to a degree, but it doesn't really get the trick done. And I like how he says that he made Wolverine. And Wolverine's like, you didn't make me. And he goes, but I did. I gave you your adamantium skeleton. Made your claws unbreakable. Let you be a hero. You couldn't have, basically says, you couldn't have been anything you are without me. Right. Like, you're not you. What I put inside of you is you. Which right. Which will kind In of... theory. That'll kind of get flipped as we go towards the end here. But he says he's glad Wolverine's here. And Wolverine's like, what, you want my skeleton? He goes, no, I got plenty of adamantium. It was hard to find, super expensive. And it's, it's kind of wasteful because every time these people die, I got to get them back out of them. But he figured out how to smelt it. Yes. So that he could pull it back out and remelt it. Right. He says, no, I don't need your skeleton. I need your healing factor. I love. Yes. This is an amazing page. So Wolverine takes one of his hands. Well, first he kind of grins. He's like, <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> screw guess you. And then he takes his hand and he takes the other hand's claw and he slices like yeah. right by his thumb on like the meaty part yeah. of his palm. So and he good- just, you see a. Yeah, he like slaps it on the glass of Dr. Cornelius. And there's and just three panels. And bleed. And bleed. Yeah. And Dr. Cornelius is like, WTF, Wolverine. <laughs> He's like, sorry, bub. Yes, I love that. I love the line. I like Charles Soule has done a great job because he hasn't overused bub. But he stuck it just in the right places to really make yeah. it awesome. And Dr. Cornelius is like, all right, well, kill him. <laughs> well, I, I do like Cornelius's like, this next line from Cornelius truly does show you how mad he is. Because he goes, I always did have a problem with tunnel vision. Kill him, please. <laughs> I mean, it's just so, like, off the cuff. So then we get this weird guy. Yeah, Major Sharp, who has some kind of energy field. And an adamant, I thought at first it was an adamantium mask. At the end, I don't think it is. Anyway, this guy, uh, he's kind of taking it to Wolverine. And we see um, Cornelius is going to start, even though he knows it's not going to work. I don't really understand what he's doing here. He's going to try to bond the adamantium to these people, even though he didn't get what he needed. Yeah, but I think in his mind, he's just going to keep doing it until, until it works. yeah, until somebody he, is strong enough. Because something to Wolverine about, um, oh shit, am I making this up or putting this in another story? Doesn't he say something that, that Wolverine keeps like butting his head against the wall, trying to change himself and he never will? It's the definition of, you know, kind of that was yeah, Einstein's it's definition. About to, he's about to explain it. Like someone who's looking for a different outcome. But anyway, he is just trying the same thing over and over again and getting the same outcome without changing it. And I like how he explains the correlation of Wolverine's name. I thought that was a really cool conversation. He says, do you know the taxonomic name for Wolverine? Gulo Gulo, Latin for gluttonous glutton. (laughs) I thought that was great. If I've heard that or they've used it before, I forgot. Yeah. He says they're thirsty, horrible creatures, thirsty for killing. They're one of the only creatures that kills for pleasure other than man. It's a good name for you. And then Sharp keeps kicking his butt. He cuts the fake claws off. He rips the rest of them off. I guess it's almost like he has like a, a razor suit. Yeah, well, I think that energy field that's yeah. around him is 
has something to do with it. But it, while it, Sharp is kicking Wolverine's butt. All these guys are getting cut open. Yeah, and Cornelius just keeps talking. Yep. He's like, this is the per- he's the perfect person. I've conditioned him to be perfect. And then he just talks about Cornelius is better. I'm sorry. Sharp is better than Wolverine. Yes. He's a better, better fighter. Right. And Wolverine's like, just end it. Because he's getting his butt whooped to a degree. But it turns out he's playing possum. He ducks and lets a major sharp break the glass for him. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, Dr. Cornelius. And Dr. Cornelius is like, you fool. And then Wolverine knocks him out in the back of the head. And he tells uh, Dr. Cornelius to turn the machines off. And he crushes Major Sharp's mask. Well, and I think, because now Wolverine, once he takes the mask off, Sharp doesn't glow anymore. So the mask was giving him his power. Right. Because the mask is still glowing and he's not. So then Dr. Cornelius is like, no! And he just he just, just starts pumping all the adamantium into him and runs off. Wolverine's like, damn it. And we get an awesome snicked. Yeah. Like the whole room goes red, like kind of a caution, caution, warning, warning. Right. And all the red lights are on. And basically saying, uh, adamantium infusion process commenced. Maintain safe distance. And Wolverine's like, oh, F. And we get an amazing snick. And I like the red spattery background. Yeah. And then Wolverine's outlined in white. Yeah. It's just really, really cool. Thumbs up job to uh, Justin Ponsour on that. It looks great. And Wolverine runs and he starts slashing the adamantium machines. And basically gets an adamantium bath. I, so, okay. on your. I don't know what's going on right there. Because it, it's the red box as if it's supposed to be a pain receptor. You know, it is. It is, because the red box on the previous one says hands. Right. And basically he's saying his pain sensory is overloaded. Okay. I think is what we got there. Okay, I'm glad you made me stop and kind of think about it, because I, I kind of just was like, oh, I don't know what that is, and just kind of <laughs> brushed over it. But I actually That's think it's what really I'm cool. here for, baby. Yeah, so I really like that. So we get Wolverine um, completely covered in adamantium. And the only thing, and so probably the only negative thing I have to say about this comic, is I wish this panel of him reaching for the serum mm-hmm. and the next panel of him sticking it in the three victims. I wish there was a page break there. Oh, so like... you're really, like, not sure what Wolverine... Like, is he grabbing this to heal himself to get out of this? Right. But then you find out, oh, no, he's basically sacrificing himself to save these three people he's never met before. Although I wish there would have been three syringes. It threw me off that there's one and there's three people and they all have the I same syringe. I think there's syringe. one by each. Oh, okay. Uh, by each table, because that was his plan was to inject them with it when he put the adamantium in. Gotcha. To try to ha- have them survive. So then Metal Wolverine starts crawling out the room. You know the adamantium is going to slowly harden. So he's he's basically encased in his own tomb. And Doctor Cornelius is like, "Go, go!" And he's got a helicopter on the roof. And he looks down and he's got a big piece of glass in his stomach. And Wolverine can sense that it's a pierced intestine. And uh, That's gross. Yeah. So he's going to basically bleed out. And the helicopter pilot sees um, a really creepy looking, almost ghost monster like. Actually, it kind of looks like a mummy. Yeah, it looks like, like an um, adamantium mummy. The If you ever watch, what is it, The Mummy Returns, when he's the juicy mummy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of. The pilot starts to reach for his gun, but then he 
he gets scared and just runs off. And Dr. Cornelius is, is laying there. Basically, he's screaming at Wolverine. I tried to change the world. What did you ever do but kill people? What did you ever do? And then we have a really cool little series of panels. Of what he did. Yeah. And this is, where I guess, where we get the history. And this double page spread is really awesome. So across the top, we have one, two, three, four, five, six small panels that kind of represent the different phases of Wolverine's life. Is this supposed to be Jean Grey he's kissing? Well, well kind okay. of, yeah. But the first one, we just put out our episode on the Wolverine miniseries. Yeah. This, no, it's the wrong costume, technically speaking. Technically. But I feel like this is like the other side of that image. Yes. Like a different camera angle of that image to Wolverine number one. Because he's in the yellow and blue, the modern costume, but he's got his right hand with his claws out and his left hand saying, come and get it, bub. And then we see he's surrounded by hand ninjas, which completely fits that story. Yeah. It's literally like this is, you know, part of the director's cut. It's just a different, different angle. Then we have a scene of him as Patch. Then we have him making out with Jean Grey. Ugh. In the Phoenix Fire. Which, Ugh. Well, you say Ugh, but this is literally from the end or end-ish of Grant Morrison's new X-Men run. Then we have Wolverine just as a soldier. We don't really know where or what time period, but he's just, just that persona. Right. Then we have him in the classroom being a teacher at the Jean Grey School. Then we have him at his wedding to Mariko. Yep. So I think it's a pretty nice little timeline. Yeah. Hits the highlights. Yeah. And then we see Wolverine kind of marching towards the edge. So did Cornelius die on his own? I believe so, or Wolverine may have helped him along. His uh, glasses, no, they just fall off. They're not broken. Yeah. So I guess he just bled, he bled out. And then Wolverine gets to the edge. He answers Cornelius's question. He goes through all these memories. What did you do? And he says, enough, which I thought was just like heartbreaking. Like all his whole life has been wrestling kind of the darkness inside of him, the beast, trying to, to be honorable against his berserker rage. You know, all the stuff we talked about when we talked about the Wolverine miniseries. Right. And ever since then, it's just been one big wrestling match to try to be better, to try to make up for when he does go berserk and the bad, quote-unquote, bad stuff he does to atone for his his less uh, noble self. Right. And now, here as he's ready to die, he realizes that he really has been a hero. You know, there's always been an element of self-doubt to Wolverine. We talked about that during the miniseries also, that, you know, he, he fights to not be the animal, but in a way, he kind of has always believed this all he was. Right. Or part of him always doubted that maybe he couldn't ever really overcome it. Right. And now here at the end, he knows that he has. I just thought that was amazing. I Are you tearing up? I'm getting a little choked up. It's got the feels. This issue has the feels. And then the bottom panel is one wide screen in the sunset. Yeah. And then we just see Wolverine kneeling. A very classic Wolverine pose. Actually looks a lot like Wolverine number three from the miniseries where he's kneeling. Yeah. Where he's in the black and he's like mourning. And this is kind of the same pose but opposite. Instead of him being tormented and mourning... He's at peace as he dies in his tomb. I, I think there's a lot of nods in this issue and in this storyline that are just really amazing. A lot of a lot of borrows and just homages that are, are just fantastic. And that's the end. Wolverine the end. dying in the adamantium tomb. And who knows if someone will ever find him 
I mean, right. Because nobody knew where he was going. Well, and that's all right. So I, I made the mistake. <laughs> I read Charles Sewell's blog, which is really good, by the way. People should check it out if you're not. And I, he said there's a big spoiler for Wolverine number four, or Death of Wolverine number four. So I waited till I read. I was like, okay, well, I'll file this away and I'll read it later. So I read the issue and then I went back and read the blog. And I kind of wish I wouldn't have because I kind of feel like everything I say is going to be informed by that a little bit. Okay. But, um, so I, and he talks about one of, the, one of his favorite parts about writing the story was that no one really does know that Wolverine dies, at least not immediately. Right. I mean, we're, we're going to see that people kind of figure it out. But also, there's no one there to witness his last heroic act. It's not, you know, Soul talked about how most of these death-type stories, it's the hero sacrificing himself against some, like, universe-threatening, right. like, huge evil. Like, you know, like, like in a lot of the DC deaths, like, um, you know, the crisis stories, where, where they're good deaths, it's a good story, but a hero will die, right, so that everybody can survive. You know, they sacrifice yeah, themselves for, for the whole universe. And here Wolverine has really a, a quiet death. He saves three people. Right. And that's pretty much it. I mean, in theory, there's the trickle effect that if, if Cornelius had succeeded, well, that Cornelius, more people could have died later. Well, and that's the thing. is Cornelius didn't even have to be successful for more people to die. Cause right, if those he was three killing people, them every time he tested somebody. Yeah, because if yeah. those three people died, he'd just get three more people. Right. I mean, Cornelius even stated that he had unlimited resources. Right, agreed. But anyway, but it's just, I don't know, it's just a really quiet, honorable death. And I just really, I like how it comes full circle because we get Cornelius was involved in the creation of Wolverine as we know him as Weapon X. Right. And then it ends with him finally defeating Weapon X, though not for good, as we know there's going to be a whole series based on Weapon X after this. But, you know, you get the point. There's a whole aspect of coming full circle. I was surprised. I kind of had the feeling at the end of last issue I, I was maybe going to be wrong. I still kind of expected Sabretooth to pop in here somewhere. And See, he didn't. I'm glad he didn't. I am too now that I've read it, but I am surprised. See, because I know you kept saying well, Sabretooth's going to pop in, and I kept thinking, ugh, this cannot, that's so cliche that the person who takes Wolverine out is Sabretooth. So I was happy and frustrated all at the same time when I got to the end because I was like, that's it. That's how he dies. That's a pathetic death. But it's not. Well, and that's how I flip-flopped because I my gut reaction was that's a pathetic way to die. And then it was like, no, the irony in all of this. Not, yeah, not just the irony. It, it is not the most climactic death, like action-wise, like physically. Right. But I feel like emotionally, it's a very powerful death to Wolverine. Well, and the thing is, is I guess for me, reading Wolverine, it seems like he struggled having his adamantium shell like or adamantium bones so to speak he got the adamantium because he had the healing factor and so now that he doesn't have the healing factor you know the adamantium would just eventually poison him i'm assuming well, right that's why beast came up with the medicine to counteract it right so in a way the adamantium was kind of like his nemesis in all of this so the fact that Wolverine's covered in adamantium now from the inside to the outside, right? You know, there's a little 
that was an interesting twist in all of this. And the fact that the helicopter guy leaves, Cornelius has died, and I'm sure those people aren't going to go up to the rooftop. Probably not. They're probably just going to be, if, when they wake up, they're going to be like, oh, let's get the hell out of here. Right. So Wolverine... Let's find some underwear and skedaddle. Well, and the, the thing is, is he's sitting on the edge of this building almost gargoyle-ish. Yeah. You know. I mean, somebody would have to come looking. Right. And maybe someone will. We'll see. Let's talk about this issue. What do you think of the art in this one? I thought the art was fabulous. Yeah, McNiven really delivered on this whole series. Which probably explains why it was late. Listen and Ponsoor really delivered on this whole series. I'm sorry, what did you say? I said that's probably why it was so late. <laughs> they were it's fleshing pristine. it out. Yeah. yeah. No, really, they didn't, they didn't go too bad. It just, they should have never announced it as weekly. Right. And they did get four issues out in less than two months. Overall, I love this story. I think it's a good death for Wolverine. I do like this death for Wolverine. We'll see how it sticks, and we'll talk more about that after we do Legacy. Well, no, we're talking about it now. So Sewell has said, because he's writing the next handful of miniseries and the Wolverines series, which will be weekly, and he says he has Wolverine stuff planned out for the next two years, and none of it involves his return. So there will be no Wolverine for the next two years? No, this Wolverine. I'll let Did that, you see my eyes I'll roll? let that hang over the next segment. But yes, he's basically saying that Wolverine's not going to come back anytime soon and that he, will not, that he won't ever personally bring him back. Like it's not part of his story for him to come back. How long do you really think this is going to last? My original theory was that he would be dead until whenever the next time there was Wolverine on screen in the theater. And at that point, he would come charge him back to life so they could sell books to correlate with whether it be the next X-Men movie or the next Wolverine movie. So... But it's not going to be... One of those will come out before two years is up, I think. Or maybe right at two years. So maybe that's right. I don't know. So I, I think he'll probably stay dead for a little while. We'll see... All his, uh, our Wolverine family be very involved in different stuff. It's weird that he's my favorite character, but I'm okay and even kind of happy with this death for a little while. For a little while. Yeah. And in this two years, I can, uh, I don't know, two years might be pushing it for my personal preference. But as long as the other stories are good, I'm okay in the meantime. I can handle a little absence and honestly, we're not going to get much of one. In 2015, we have Secret Wars. We're going to get some kind of, it's a time travel story. We're going to get some kind of Wolverine in there, I promise you. Yeah. So he's not really going away, even though he may stay dead for a while. But I thought the series was great. I thought it looked great. I thought it read great. It felt great. I thought number four was a very powerful issue. The death was very emotional. It was perfect, I thought. So what do you want to grade Death of Wolverine number four? I will give it six out of six. I will also give it six out of six claws. Just a, a great issue. It was what it deserved to be. Yes. All right. So next up, we have the Logan Legacy number one. This is going to be, I think it said seven issue miniseries. Right? No, I think. This is kind of kicks off right where Death and Wolverine left off. It's written by Charles Soule. Art by Oliver Nome or Nome. I don't know. Uh, John Calise is a colorist. VCs Joe Caramagna is the letterer. And then Oliver Gnome and Sonia Obach did the cover. The cover I like. 
don't like the hot pink. I do like the hot pink. I do not. <laughs> it's got Wolverine in the background yelling, and half of him is Wolverine, and the other half is his, just his skeleton, and it's kind of falling apart. Oh, that's what that is. Yeah, what do you think uh, it was? Well, okay, so I got that that was his, like, cyborgish head. Right, very Terminator. This was his hands with his claws. But I was like, what is this? Because this looks like a head. So I thought it was like a cheerleader with her hand up in the air. <laughs> That's weird. Oops. I don't know why you would think that. <laughs> well, because look, doesn't it look like a head and like the fist? You know what? Yes. I didn't see that at all. But it kind of does look like an alien giving black power. My, <laughs> my mind loves to matrix things. Yeah. Okay. It's the creativity in me. Anyway, that's the background. In the foreground, looking super 90s, we have Sabretooth, Lady Deathstrike, Dawkins. Big hands. Yeah, she's supposed to. X23 and Mystique. All uh, very closely tied to Wolverine. And so, our inside flap, we get a little intro Logan, the Wolverine, is dead. No, I'm sorry. In a world where Logan, the Wolverine, is dead, but not everyone knows it. Word has been spreading slowly, but no one's sure what's true and what's rumor. This summer, the Wolverine is a legend, and legends live forever. I this say film this is fall. not yet rated. I'm sorry, this fall. <laughs> yeah, this film is not yet rated. Actually, it's rated teen plus. And what does that mean, teen? Teen plus, yeah. Oh, are we old enough to read this? Yep. Okay. So, Death of Wolverine just ended, and now this one is starting. And we started uh, Croak. Croatia. Croatia. That's a real country. Shut up. We have a castle on the hill. We have a castle on the hill and we see X-23 and sort of these cyborg... Manacles. Yeah. And she's walking and basically he says, there's a guy pushing her along and she keeps asking, what are your plans for me? Yeah, I like the little description. It's Laura Kinney, a.k.a. X-23, a.k.a. Wolverine's clone, a little bit lost. And I like how she has yellow and blue dyed in her hair. I like, like her that too. Wolverine's costume. Yeah, in fact, in all of the X-23s that I've seen drawn, this one is my favorite. Like your favorite design or your favorite artist? Um, Just my favorite way that they've drawn her, especially with the one blue streak, one yellow streak. I don't know, her facial features are way better. Anyway, the guy takes her into this room with a big blue box, and Creed is there, and I love... It's Victor Creed, a.k.a. Sabretooth, a.k.a. Vicious Psycho and Grade A Son of a Bitch. Yeah, and the, I like the little, the little cleverisms. We have Dawkins, a.k.a. the Son of Wolverine, a.k.a. not much better than the other guy. Which, so I thought Dawkins was blue. He is. He's uh, currently a horseman of death with uh, Tron claws. And I don't know how he got back to this, but... As we'll, we'll discuss that in a minute. I don't really like this panel, though, to be honest. I like the idea. I don't like the way Sabretooth looks. No, he looks I out don't of... care for the way Dawkins looks. Yeah, I don't like Dawkins' little mohawky thing. And we have a little guy floating in a cloak when it looks like he's floating. Yeah. <laughs> in I the corner. He's just sitting there. And so they throw X-23 in. She Through gets, the cube. She gets mad. Now, hers doesn't make a snicked. She usually does. I was kind of disappointed in this. Maybe she just this makes a snick without the T. So I guess we're saying for this artist, or this letterer, I guess, that it's the third claw in Wolverine's claws that make the T sound. 
I guess so. <laughs> or maybe it's a it, it's a respect thing. Wolverine just died, so instead of right. using instead snicked, of snicked, we're gonna snick. Yeah. Okay. So she lunges at the guy who threw her yeah. in, and when she hits the blue energy field, it cracks like a bug zapper and sends yeah. her back inside. I will say I thought it was interesting that when they threw her in, her manacles like dissolved. Yeah. So Dawkins smacks the you know what. He doesn't smack. He slices his throat with his claws out of Sabretooth. Oh, is that what it? Yeah. That was hard to tell. And then Sabretooth bleeds out. Yeah. And so, so basically, Donkin helps her up. She's like, "Aren't you worried? He's gonna, you know, heal." They bring in Lady Deathstrike. She is also in the same little bonds, but she tries to get her arms around the guard. The guard whispers, "Caterpillar." Caterpillar. And she... Goes to sleep. Is that what she's doing? Well, she or passes she out. looks like yeah, she's she riddled in pain. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, try to get the moves on me. And he throws her into the little blue cage. And they're like, is that Death Strike? Yeah, so Yuriko Oyama, a.k.a. Lady Death Strike, a.k.a. Cyber Enhanced Dealer of Doom, a.k.a. Knock right the hell out. <laughs> Um, I will say, I do not like, in this smaller panel, <laughs> her hands look her like... alien hands? Um, the, what is it? The Nightmare Before Christmas? Yeah, kind of Tim Burton-ness. Yeah. Uh, Sabretooth comes, uh, wakes up, and he's like, when'd she get here? So basically... I guess I didn't realize that X-23 had never encountered Deathstrike before. Really? Well, she goes, that's Deathstrike? Oh. So basically, they kind of fill each other in... And then they're like, but the question is, who's the guy in the corner? And it's Professor X. What? But you're dead. That's the rumor. He says, I'm rumored to be dead. And so it makes me wonder, because then they talk about how Wolverine is rumored to be dead. Right, but maybe that's been greatly exaggerated as well. Right. And Professor X has a plan. They all have to work together. And we need everybody, including Deathstrike. And so he tells Dawkins to wake her up. And Dawkins like, why don't you do it, old man? And he goes, because if she cuts me open, I won't heal. Yeah. So guess what? <laughs> You're taking the chance. And so... Um, they decide, hmm, why are we all here? What's what's the game? Well, and, and I find it interesting because it's this panel right here where they start adding in little hints that we see throughout the... I shouldn't even say hint. Well, yeah, but first they talk about their, their common denominator is they all are close to Wolverine. Right. X-23. Who is supposedly dead now. Right. And X-23 kind of hints that that's why she dyed her hair. I like the mask these guys are wearing that she's fighting. Yeah. And so, so, all right, so this is kind of where we, at first I was kind of confused by this. Because normally we have an editor's note that says this happened in... Right, go back and, right. an issue. But this one is... Don't forget sure to, to read. Yeah, don't forget to read Logan Legacy 2, which isn't out yet. Right. And I was like, what? And so that's when I realized that this, we're starting at the end oh. of the story. And so all these little scenes we get are flashbacks that we're going to read through the rest of the series. And we're going to eventually end up back here. Gotcha. So, so X-23... Is that? I don't remember that guy's name. I don't remember liking him very much. It's the guy in the red with the red arrow on his chest. And I then, um, so Xavier's reading everybody's mind. Well, yeah. He even puts his finger on his head, like. And what about your sword, Eureka? 
Right. An honor blade? Right, which is that like the honor blade? Right, and it says, pick up Logan Legacy number four. And then we see Dawkin as the Horseman of Death. He's going to be in issue number five. So somehow he gets turned back into regular Dawkin. But Dawkin died. Dawkin died. Wolverine killed him. Right. And he was resurrected as a horseman of the apocalypse, as death. Okay. So now he's going to somehow be turned back into regular Dawkin. As soon as I read issue five, I'll tell you how it happens. Okay. (laughs) And so then, of course, Creed is like, let me tell you, I know Logan's dead. Then we get this weird panel. That says, who's this poor guy? Logan's <laughs> legacy number three. I think it's funny, though. All right, so some scrub in a Wolverine costume, and he's got, like, weird knives, like, strapped to his fist to make Wolverine claws, but they're just knives. So I feel like it's, like, somebody who's inspired by Wolverine, hears that he's dead, says, Wolverine can't be dead. We need a Wolverine. I'll be Wolverine. And he probably does this and gets himself killed. And then... X-23 and Sabretooth kind of have a little spat. And then we get a snicked, a proper snick from X-23. Yes. Now, this page, okay, I had, not only did I have issues with the art, but I had no idea what the heck was happening. All right, so issue number six will be how Mystique gets captured. Right. And then I don't know what happens. Does she accidentally, does Sabretooth throw her into the wall? Well, but that's Xavier. It is Xavier, but Xavier has been Mystique this whole time. Is that what's going on? Did you not get... <laughs> well, no, because... Yes. Mystique was playing at Xavier. Xavier's still dead. Mystique was pretending to be Xavier. And the person with her, we see she's blind. That's Destiny. So Destiny and Mystique somehow figure out all these little stories, and that's why he can pretend to read their minds. Because Destiny has... She can see things. Oh. And so he, she used Destiny to, to know what was going on with these guys so she could fake telepathy. Okay, so is this Creed's hand? Yes, that's Creed grabbing Professor X by the cloak. And we don't see him throw him, but somehow, quote-unquote, Professor X gets knocked into the wall and he, he, like, basically short circuits and turns back into Mystique. And that's why Deathstrike's like, but how? She knew about the sword. I told no one. Okay makes a little more sense. Yeah. And then the guy comes in, our, our bad guy, says, that's not Xavier, but I bet you can all probably see that. And then we get Elixir, which is one of Wolverine's students. They want to all know who he is. And we find out his bodyguard is Skell. But he says, have you ever heard of Dr. Cornelius? And Sabretooth's like, Weapon X. And uh, we are, we find out our bad guy is a smartass. <laughs> and so, yeah, so what happens after that? What is this guy, what's this guy all about? Basically, he says Cornelius, when he put all these people together, because Corn- they all interacted with Cornelius at some point. Right. They're, they're all either through Logan or through themselves connected to Weapon X. Right. So he said Cornelius was done. He implanted four trigger words. We also find out these guys are his new experiments. Okay. So that's what I was trying to figure. I was trying to look and see if they looked like the people... From Death and Wolverine number four. To oh. see if, if they're those guys, but I'm not sure. And so he says, the first one puts you to sleep. Yeah, and that's Caterpillar. That's apparently. Caterpillar. The second puts you in a suggestive trance, and you have to do whatever the person says. And, and Sabretooth says he's lying. But I really like his. I really like what he says. He goes, and Sabretooth says, if they had words, someone would have used them on me by now. 
Right. And he goes, I didn't have the words back then, Creed, but I've got them now. So this guy has a history with Sabretooth. Right. He is. You want me to use your command word? Doesn't look like you've got many friends in there. You want them all knowing how to order you around like a little puppy? Sabretooth just... Yeah. And then he says, the third word kills you stone dead, healing factor or no. Yeah, I don't really know how that works, but we'll take it for granted for now. Oh, and then he just kind of says, think about it. There's a word. It could be any word. And if someone happens to say it near you, you switch off forever. So so we're saying that Deathstrike has never heard the word caterpillar her whole life? Well, she's obviously never read the book, The Hungry, Hungry Caterpillar. Right. (laughs) Well, no, because her fingers would go right through that little caterpillar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I mean, we'll see. But basically, this guy who's a ninja red hood. Well, and, and Duncan asks, you know, what does the fourth word do? He says, we'll talk about that. But first, I want you to tell me in detail all those stories you were hinting at with Mystique a few minutes ago. Actions and honor blades and colors, all of it. Cornelius had you all... But he let you go. He must have had a reason. You might have been doing things for him without even realizing it. So talk and don't leave anything out. This is going to be fun. Yeah. He (laughs) says, when we're done, I'll offer you a deal. You'll answer me with one word, yes or no. And then I'll answer you with the single word in which one I choose. Will be up to you. Mm Mm-hmm. And we see our, our guy in a full form. So he's in a black like body armor suit. He has a sword and a knife and a red mask. That has some similarities to Ogun's mask. Kind of, yeah. So who do you think this is? I think it's a clone of Wolverine. What? Oh, there are three little, look. Is it three or does he have one for each knuckle? Four. No, he has three little things across his fist. So the guy... In Death of Wolverine number four, is in the test tube that Wolverine first saw was not on the table. It looked a lot like Wolverine. Right. I think this might be that guy. Could also be, like we said, the mask is similar to Ogum, so that's a possibility. Right. Uh, another possibility is it's an alternate version of Wolverine. Um, could be the one from Age of Ultron, or could be a different time travel-y thing. Um, don't rule that. Marvel is so time travel happy right now, and do not rule that out at all. Well, he does have a ninja sword that Wolverine, you know, yeah. for a while had the ninja or sword. Or it could thing. actually be Jason Todd crossing over from the DC universe to be Red Hood in the Marvel universe. <laughs> Since he looks a lot, lot like him. No, that's probably not it. Yeah, I don't know. Those are some of my guesses. I have no idea. No idea? Uh, that's I can just you're make... You're right where Charles Soule wants you. I can make observations about the guy's costume. Yeah. But that's about as far as I can go. All right. So what did you think of the art? There were a few little things here and there that I wasn't overly fond of. But for the most part, it was enjoyable. I didn't love it. You didn't? No. It's... I will say there I were did panels not. panels I liked. And there's stuff that's just way too 90s. And like image 90s. Like this, this scene here where... Uh, Mystique Professor X is pretending to read Deathstrike's mind, and she has like the super 90s image sexy girl eyes, and I hate when they're like disproportionate and too big and too on the side of her head like an alien. Well, I will say, I Lady Deathstrike was probably my least favorite drawn character. See, I don't really care for his saber tooth either. I did, but, I agree with you, she did a good job on X23. Yeah. And Dawkins 
okay. He's, he's kind of weird looking in general, so it's hard to really tell. Xavier kind of looks like a perv. He, well, his head is oddly shaped at parts, but... He kind of looks like Papa Smurf. <laughs> okay. Why not? I do really enjoy the panel of this fake Wolverine. I thought that was a cool design. And I really enjoy the color work. So John Kalitz, who I'm not super familiar with, I thought did a really good job on the colors. Yeah. So kind of middle of the road on the art. What do you think of the story? It'll be interesting. I was confused a lot. Yeah. It felt like a decent setup with a lot of commercial. Yes. And that whole read number four, read number three. Read, I kind of felt like they were trying, like, no one's going to read this. I don't think it was that. I think they were trying to, to play with the chronology and be clever about it, which which I thought was kind of weird because it has, like, the editor boxes, both with the read the other issues and the description of the characters, are really, like, clever and whimsical and remind me of, like, 60s and 70s comics. Or like, like, basically it feels like Stan Lee wrote all that. Right. In a story that is not nearly as heavy as Death of Wolverine, but it's not like really lighthearted either. No, it's not. So I'm not real sure of that stuff. I, I like the injection of humor. I'm always down with a little bit of humor, even in serious stories. I just felt a little... I think there's just awkwardness as well, because the drawing, you know, Xavier looks like he's 20. <laughs> and so, it, anyway, I... Felt it was a little weird here and there. Right. I will say also, while Death Wolverine was a quick read, it didn't feel rushed to me. No. This one felt a little rushed yeah. to me. Like, we have to get this out of the way in issue one, and then we're going to get to our, our one character for issue, and then we'll end with the the big ending, the big finale. Yeah. Uh, so we got to get through all of this in the first issue. Go. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. And it just felt a little... A little rushed at parts. But I am interested in the story and in the series, and I'm interested in seeing how all our characters get to where they are. Yeah, I um, am too. I'm really interested in number two. I want to see X-23 kind of shine a little bit. I want to see how Dawkins gets back to how he is. I want to see this this Wolverine wannabe. And I, I'm, I'm curious. They they picked the right word. My curiosity was piqued with the honor blade thing. Like, see what that is. Right. I couldn't really tell what Sabretooth's story is. No. Because when they went to his story, we got the, the fake Wolverine, which he does have blonde, long sideburns, but we're not saying that Sabretooth, are we? And it's not the right physique. Yeah, he's too... Um, he's too skinny. Yeah. He looks lanky. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. All right, well, any other thoughts on Logan Legacy number one? No. Okay, when are you going to grade the Logan Legacy number one? It's only going to get four out of six. I wasn't overly impressed with the art. Yeah, me neither. And the storyline, like you said, it did feel rushed, and I felt like they were trying to give a ton of information all up front. I'm more curious about where the story is going than I am that I actually enjoyed this story. I'm going to give Logan Legacy number one... I'll give it the benefit of a doubt. I'm kind of struggling between a three and a four. I'll go with you. I'll go four out of six claws. Come it, to the dark side. It's a pretty, pretty soft four. Oh. So, anyway, that is Logan Legacy number one. Um, number two will feature X-23 as told in this story. <laughs> 
Okay, so next up, we're going to have a segment called Requiem for a Wolverine. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. We're going to kind of spryly move through spryly. some Death of Wolverine tie-ins. We have Wolverine and the X-Men, number 10, Nightcrawler, number 7, and Storm, number 4. Death of Wolverine, number 10, is by everybody. <laughs> Is written, I'm sorry, eulogy prepared by Jason Latour. Artist paying their respects. I don't know why I said that like that. Respects. I was going to say. Respects. <laughs> da, da, da. So artist. Art. <laughs> so artist paying their respects to Robbie Rodriguez. <laughs> you still said it wrong. <laughs> Robbie Rodriguez and Israel Silva. Ian Bertram and Ian Herring. The, the two Ians. Commonly known. Ronald Wimberly and Sasha Kamayatek, maybe. Chris Anka, Jim Rugg, Ariella Christentina and Sonia Obach, Declan Shalvey and Matthew Wilson, James Heron and Matthew Wilson. So Matthew Wilson doubled it up. VCs Clayton Cowles did the letters and production. And the cover is by Mahmoud Azrar and Marte Gracia. And it's a pretty cool cover. It's Wolverine walking, I guess, into the sunset, but it kind of looks like he's more walking out of the sunset. It does. But I'm not sure. Anyway, he cast a long shadow, and he's in the desert, kind of where he died, actually. Kind of, yeah. Anyway, inside his long shadow are Storm and the students from the Jean Grey School. I think it's a pretty cool cover. I like the color work. And it's nicely drawn. It is very nicely drawn. I actually like this cover quite a bit, to be honest. I do too. Okay, so we have what is called, or what they're calling, (laughs) a jam issue. Is that where a bunch of people draw? A couple of pages apiece. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So normally when you have a jam issue, you have like maybe an all-star lineup. Okay. Yeah, you know, like artists you know and love. Like Jacques. Yeah, sure. You know, Jim Lee and whatever. Um, This is a bunch of people I don't really know. I know Chris Anka and like Chris Anka quite a bit. I like Declan Shalvey quite a bit. And I don't really know who any of these other people are. I know Robbie Rodriguez just got a new book doing something. I don't remember what. I'm guessing he's a guy at the front, which is probably some of the better art of the book. So the story, I thought overall, basically, it's Melita Gardner. He is one of Wolverine's ex-girlfriends. She's the one that got the uh, cease and desist. Yes. And she's a reporter. She's writing a book. And Wolverine had Daredevil tell her to stop. But now she's at the Jean Grey School. And Beast is encouraging her. And she's interviewing a bunch of people and getting their different stories about Wolverine. It's interesting to see each person's sort of viewpoint on Wolverine. We have like light and funny, Iceman. We have Sirius. And we kind of get the whole range. We have students that look up to him. Students that kind of make fun of them. Probably my favorite. Well, I do like the panel with iBoy because we see all the different eras and different art styles. Right. That's pretty cool. And then probably my favorite, though, is actually uh, Brew. Because he talks about how he set such a good example. Like, Brew comes from the Brood, which are one of the most violent alien species in the Marvel Universe. Right. But Wolverine taught him that you don't have to give in to your nature. Like, you can rise above the animal. And that's kind of what Wolverine's all about. Yeah. So to see that reflected in a student, that kind of, like, validates the whole idea. Because, you know, it's kind of funny to think of Wolverine as a teacher, as a professor. 
Right. Like he has a lot of experience, a lot of knowledge, but there's just, he's so gruff, it's kind of hard to see him like getting along with kids. He reminds me of the one substitute teacher who's only doing this because he's <laughs> living in his mom's basement right now. Anyway, I thought it was really cool that Brood or Brew saw something to strive for in Wolverine. Right. And taking, taking the high road, the honor road. So that was my favorite, most sentimental part of the book. And then Nightcrawler, they go to Harry's hideaways, and that was a nice little Easter egg. And I, my favorite part about that was a picture of Wolverine with the owner, and the owner had white silverware between his fingers. Yes, I thought that was awesome. Taking a photo together, that was pretty cool. And then at the end, Storm shows up to be continued. All right. Okay. So this art is a freaking mess. A mess is an understatement. And a lot it is of it's not very mess. good. It is the biggest hot mess I'd ever seen. I was thoroughly enjoying the art until like the first switch. And then I was like, what the hell? I don't know who this is, but I don't like it. No, that was that was where... Yeah. Is that the first switch? Okay, so I do though like that Wolverine singing R.E.M. He's singing Everybody Hurts. And not only that, but Iceman makes a joke about the music video to Everybody Hurts where he talks about Wolverine fantasizing being stuck in traffic, which is, you know, they filmed the video on a, on a highway in San Antonio. Yeah, R.E.M. nerd, right? here anyway i don't like what is why does iceman look like a weird alien why does everybody look like a weird alien yeah i don't i don't care i don't like that. the colors either no but i do like i mean the chris alka pages are fine well yeah it's almost like it switches from like good art to bad art good, good art, art to bad art good mm-hmm. art to bad art yeah I think this is declan shelby but then phantom x's face looks really weird well, i'm pretty sure this panel this is horrible. This it's awful. Aeon flux kind of stuff. You can't I don't even like. recognize. I don't the even characters. like like emo uh, Evan. He, you know, who that reminded me of. I don't know. The vampire Edward meets what's his the kid's name? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't care for it at all. I don't know who this other guy is at the end here. Anyway, um, yeah. So the story was good. The art had a couple of good pages, but it was so just gross in a lot um, of places. I'm gonna give Wolverine and the X Men number ten three out of six claws. Ooh, you're being generous. I I like the story. Okay, I like the story too. However, I was kind of hoping at the end. That she comes to Beast and is like, I know who the face of Wolverine is supposed to be on his memorial. Well, we have a whole other chapter to this. Well, I know. But even if she came to him and said, I know. And then, you know, Storm's like, well, we have to talk. I don't know. It's just. Uh, So do you think Storm's going to encourage her or discourage her? Like, is Storm happy or mad about the book? I don't know. That's yeah, a I, don't hard really, one. I, think, I don't know either. I'm kind of on the fence. I'm kind of on the fence, but I think Storm's going to want it for the kids, but not for the public. Right. Kind of what B said. It's yeah. an academic book. Yeah. For them to study. I'm only going to give this two out of six. The art okay. just, while it was a great story, the, it the art was so distracting. It's yeah. so bipolar in places. Well, just some of it's just ugly. It's just bad. Yeah. Like, you can't recognize the characters at all. <laughs> all right. Well, Nightcrawler number seven is uh, plotted by Marguerite Bennett, uh, scripted by Chris Claremont, art by Todd Knock, knock. Who's there? <laughs> <laughs> Colors by Rochelle Rosenberg, v, uh, VCs Corey Pettit. Ooh, 
Woo-hoo. Does the letters and then Jamie McKelvey still doing our covers. I really like this cover. I do too. It's a, a single photograph of Nightcrawler and Wolverine together, like a Polaroid, pinned yeah. on the wall and the Nightcrawler lighting a candle below it. I like it how it's almost looks like he's got like he's you know how sometimes you burn a photo? Yeah. But I don't think he is, but it kinda just the layout. I like how it's altar esque. Kinda goes with Nightcrawler's. Yeah, Nightcrawler's religious theme. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, we have kind of a different kind of jam issue. Todd, Knock, Nelk. Who's he, there? He used to draw everybody in this issue. It's basically Nightcrawler trying to figure out how best to honor Wolverine. And he goes into the danger room and like does a program where Wolverine comes back to life. That danger room can be dangerous. Yes, and he sees like different scenarios. He relives their first mission together from Giant Size X-Men number one. Which seeing and Todd Nauck's version of that is pretty fun. Uh, Wolverine, we get to see him cut open the giant crabs again. We talk about the phoenix... Just about, you know, how, how that loss hurt, hit them all so bad. And then we see uh, the first time Wolverine and Sabretooth fight went during the Marauder storyline, which the art on this is really cool. And how Nightcrawler and Kenny were mortally wounded and how Wolverine, like... Um, oh, he saved both of them. Yeah. But anyway, then Nightcrawler wakes up. and So we're basically getting a little Nightcrawler history. He wakes up, the X-Men are gone. This is when they go to Australia. Everybody thinks they're dead. So he and Kenny run off to uh, form Excalibur in England. Then we see some more Nightcrawler stuff, and we see some of their last days together, where Nightcrawler has reverted to his image inducer. Yeah, but I love how Wolverine's like, nah, just turn it off. Well, he did that. That's what he did the first time around, way back in um, the early days of when they were in Uncanny X-Men together. They would go into town, and Wolverine's like, why are you hiding behind that thing? Be who you are. And we kind of get a repeat of that scene now, because Nightcrawler's nervous after coming back from the dead. And then he uh, basically takes the danger room into a crowded bar with e- literally everybody there. He builds a house. Yes, I'm sorry, it's not a bar, you're right. He builds a house and there's a, a bar in the basement. And uh, everybody's there gathering, but he decides that's not what Wolverine would want. He doesn't want to be remembered, he wants to inspire the living. Uh, Zoro comes and puts a Z in his crotch with his sword, a little <laughs> tiny penis sword. So bizarre. It is really bizarre. <laughs> and then, so we have this last page. is now after Burn, Trip, Romita Jr., Sylvester, and McGinnis. So McGinnis, that's from Amazing X-Men. Where we have Wolverine and Nightcrawler hugging in the snow. Uh, the Wolverine being crucified on the X is Mark Sylvester. Her Trip is Wolverine's first appearance. That's from the cover of his first appearance when he's fighting the Hulk. I'm assuming John Byrne is just the, that's the typical John Byrne design, that Wolverine outfit. And I'm guessing Ramita Jr. is when Nightcrawler and Wolverine are at the bar together. But I don't know that for sure. Anyway, um, then he sees Rachel and they hug it out. And they decide, you know what, we just gotta, we have to learn from Wolverine's life. And let it inspire us and, and move on. Yep. That's what he would want. So I thought the art was fantastic. What do you I think? I thought the art was wonderful. Yeah. I'm really digging uh, Todd Nauck's art in this book quite a bit. Perfect for Nightcrawler. Yeah. And honestly, Perfect pretty damn everybody. good for the rest of the X-Men too. Yeah. He did a great job. Great Wolverine. I really loved his old school Sabretooth. That yeah. was probably one of my highlights. I really uh, love the psychology behind it too. Like I thought the story was very touching. Yeah, I just love how Nightcrawler is like, you know what, I'm I'm going to relive this in the danger room. And then it's like, you know what, he wouldn't want this. And so it's just the psychology of we try, you know, when we lose someone, we try to live in that past to keep them in our present. Right. 
And you just, at some point, you have to realize that you have to move forward. You're not moving on. You just have to move forward in life. Right. Yeah, you don't forget. You just, but you got to keep living. Yeah. You're still here. So, yeah, I thought it was also a really, just a really nice portrayal. Because, I mean, Wolverine and Nightcrawler are best friends. Right. So, that was just really cool. We knew we were going to see something like this in Nightcrawler series. I was pretty happy with the way it turned out. All right. So, when are you going to grade Nightcrawler number seven? I'm going to give it six out of six. All right. I'm going to give it five out of six. All right. Well, Storm number four is written by Greg Pak, pencils by Victor Ibanez, inked by Victor Ibanez and Roland Paris, or Paris, I don't know. Colors by Ruth Redmond, and letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Woohoo! And the cover is by Stephanie Hans. And in the cover, we have Storm laying on the ground in the rain, caressing a Wolverine mask. Aww. It's a sad cover. It is a very sad cover. It's kind of painted, I guess, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's kind of painterly. So anyway, I like it. It's a good cover. Uh, so basically, we have Storm doing her mourning. And she does that by flying into space and releasing a bunch of like... It's like an aurora borealis. But part of this really bothered me because she asked Beast, well, nobody was hurt, right? If there was a possibility someone was going to be hurt, she shouldn't have done it. If one person dies from that, Storm's a murderer. Well, okay, but... I think... I don't think there would be anybody get hurt, but if she asked, that means she wondered. And if she wondered, she should have done something else. No, I think what it was is she couldn't control her emotions, so she kept asking Beast, like, are we clear? Are we clear? Right. Because she couldn't hold on to it any longer. And he kept saying, you know, just a few more seconds, and she started to lose it inside the ship. Like, she starts freezing things, and so she just lets it go. Like, it gets to the point where she cannot physically hold on to it anymore, and she lets it go. And I think that's why she asked. Like, nobody was hurt, right? Like, I was able to hold on to it long enough. Well, and B says, no, it was beautiful. Everybody loved it. We get a montage of Storm and Wolverine hanging out, including the first time they met at the mansion. Again, from Giant Size number one. So another Giant Size reference. Then we get Wolverine teaching her how to shoot guns, doing missions together. Uh, making out. And then uh, Storm decides she's going to check out his office. She's going to just kind of reminisce and mourn. She hugs his jacket, you know, misses him. Yeah, sits at his desk. His phone goes off and it's Yukio wondering where he is. So she decides she's going to go in his place. And of course, she has to break the news to Yukio. And this is where the story kind of goes south. Yukio jumps off in mourning, but of course, Storm saves her. Jumps off the building in mourning, but Storm saves her. That, that part's fine. But then she, Storm is going to be Wolverine's stand-in. And they go down. There's these weird, this weird group of like gang leaders from gangs that don't make sense <laughs> in the criminal underworld. And they have a dispute. And the way they're going to end the dispute is they have like a little gladiator ring. Storm objects, but Yukio says, you know what is better though? Because... They're not fighting in the street. There's no collateral damage. It's just a bunch of thugs beating on each other. One of them dies. No big loss. But Storm has enough, and she disrupts it with a big lightning bolt. And then this chick from the break world says, They've broken the rules. I challenge Yukio for leadership. Who will her challenger be? And Storm's like, damn it. (laughs) Anyway, I really like the... All right, so the art. What do you think of the art? Because I don't think you've done... 
a book with Storm yet. No, I, I like the art. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. I like it. This series has been pretty good so far. I mean, it's only four issues in. But, um, all right, so story-wise, I like the first half quite a bit. I do, too. And then the whole part with the underground gladiator gang stuff. Anyway, I didn't really care for that part. We have a whole other issue of it next issue, what it looks like. So, um, I'm going to give Storm number four. I'm going to give it three out of six claws. I, too, am going to give it three out of six. Okay. Well, that was our uh, Requiem for a Wolverine. Okay, so we're going to uh, change up our segments a little bit in this oh, episode. Change up? Yeah. I don't like change. <laughs> Sorry. Change is bad. No, change is good. I need structure. Anyway, this segment is going to be called, Hey, remember when Wolverine was alive? <laughs> and we have some lingering storylines in Uncanny X-Men number 27 and Avengers World number 14. Uncanny X-Men 27 is going to carry on our last will and testament of Professor X storyline with the new Matthew Malloy. And it is written by Brian Michael Bendis with pencils by Chris Piccolo or Bacalo. I don't know how you say that. Inks by a small army of inkers. We have Tim Townsend, Mark Irwin, Jaime Mendoza, Victor Alizaba, and Al Vey. Colors by Jose Villarubia and Rain Barreto. Cover is by Bacalo and Tim Townsend. I actually quite like this cover. I do too. It's interesting. When I downloaded it at first, I was like, what? But the more I looked at it, the more I really loved it. So we have like a weird green background of like different shades of green clouds. It's kind of watercolory. And then we have Cyclops. And what I think has kind of maybe become my favorite Cyclops suit. I don't like Cyclops to begin with, so the suit doesn't (laughs) sway me one way or the other. Right. Anyway, he's in it. He's nice and dark crimson, and he's got his wonky optic blast. And then in one of the like in-between... The wave of his blast. There's a humming staring him down. Are his blasts always wonky? No, only since AVX when he was overtaken by the Phoenix power after it left the Phoenix 5. Their powers were all weird. Oh. And they're having to relearn them. So I think it's a really cool cover. I don't really, I'm don't. i not really sure what they're trying to say with it, but I think it's very striking. And that no matter how hard Cyclops wants to hurt something, he can't. <laughs> Maybe. Okay, so basically the X-Men are on their mission and they've joined up with S.H.I.E.L.D. to try to find Matthew Malloy so he doesn't destroy the world. Now see, in this first page, he looks the same as he did when Chris Alka drew him. The same age-ish. Right. Okay, a few pages later in this book, he looks a lot younger. See, I told you it was the art that threw me off. So... It doesn't look like the same kid. Not to jump ahead, but when he's drawn to look younger he looked just like a character from charmed never watched it okay for those of you who might have watched it the younger son chris who comes back from the future that's what he looks like so anyway rachel tries to trick the kid by saying she's professor x and he's the only bargaining chip between matthew malloy and all the superheroes he sees through it and he destroys the helicarrier um wolverine in the beginning says why don't we just send him into space and kill him it's funny because at first i was like no that's not an option but that's actually a brilliant option yeah it's a wolverine thing and he confronts cyclops because cyclops says uh that matthew malloy didn't hurt anybody consciously and wolverine kind of makes a barb and says this ain't about use to him like, right. You may have guilt about unconsciously killing Professor X, but this kid is a mass Oops. murderer, or so, or so it seems. Not to sidebar too much, but um, Marvel's just killing everybody off. Yeah, they do that. 
They killed off Professor X. They've killed off Wolverine, Nightcrawler, but Nightcrawler came back. Yeah, and everyone comes back at some point. Except Jean Grey. She came back for a little while, and then she died again. <laughs> she needs to stay dead. <laughs> so I Malloy, like her character dead. Eminem destroys the helicarrier in a very awesome double-page spread. Probably the, my favorite pages of the book. And he teleports um, some of the X-Men. So, yeah, he pulls the X-Men out of the ship and sends them all home, except for Wolverine. We don't know where he sent Wolverine, I guess, to die. He sent um, him on that This is Jeep. his exit from the book. Anyway, Cyclops decides, you know what? This kid's right. Professor X is wrong. We need to protect mutants and grow mutants and stand up for mutants. And so the march towards Magneto continues as Cyclops kind of becomes even a little bit more revolutionary. And he goes and, and tells S.H.I.E.L.D., hey, I'm not here to help you. I'm taking the kid and we're going to have a talk. I'm going to see what he wants to do. I'm going to have him on a date. We're going to go have breakfast. I'm going to go to Starbucks, and I'm going to ask him to join my club. He's going to write him a note that says, Do you want to be an uncanny X-Men? Circle one. Y-N-M. Even Max doesn't get that joke. No one ever asked you out like that? Or asked you to be their friend? No. He says, Circle one. And you put a Y for yes, and N for no, or M for maybe. Why would anyone do that? Because kids are dumb. <laughs> I guess I wasn't a cool kid, because nobody did that oh, oh to well. me. Did people do that to you? Yeah. And I did that to people. You do it to a girl. I probably did. Do girls do it to you? I don't think so. No. <laughs> well, baby, if I was five, I would do it to you. Thanks. So anyway, I thought the art um, definitely suffered a little bit from all the different inkers. And I don't know what colors did what, but I will say, so the panel where Matthew Malloy has different colored lightning bolts looks really cool. But then I feel like the book really turns for the positive. When, when the we, helicarrier blows the up? The colors and the inks change in our double page spread and yeah. go to more pastel type colors. Yeah. And Bacala's art looks a little more clean than usual. Yep. And I think it looks really, really good. And I love the way this book looks from that page forward. I agree. Beforehand, it looks okay. The colors are a little... Weird. Yeah. They don't mesh very well. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm going to assume this is Wolverine's exit from this book. He just went off to Never Never Land with Peter Pan. sends him off somewhere and he goes off to Death of Wolverine. Which I gotta say, I don't really like that much. No, because this happens before all of that, right? Like they prefaced it when we started the storyline. Well, this is before Death of Wolverine. Yeah, he's still alive, obviously. No, I mean like several books back, they prefaced that this happens at some point. Yes, but he has lost his healing patcher already. Yes. So this is somewhere during the Solo Wolverine series. Right. So my problem is, so all right, Bendis and Reminder, two of my favorite writers currently, um, kind of both did a, a Wolverine exit in their various series. <laughs> Reminder and Uncanny Avengers kind of had Wolverine, like they're facing this new threat with Red Onslaught, and Wolverine's talking to Rogue, and he says, all right, well, you can get your rest. I got to go take care of something. I'll see you in the morning. And he flies off in the Blackbird, presumably to go take care of the Weapon X stuff, and then he dies. He doesn't come back. It's a very natural story. Right. And it's very Wolverine. I, I can do all of this. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I'll I'll sweep it off later. You guys go to sweep. I'm going to go do this real fast. I'll, be, I'll see you in the morning. Right. And then he just doesn't come back. But here's this big threat. Not only this big threat, it's the last wish of Professor X. The Wolverine's going to want to honor it. This super threatening mutant, like, you know, world threatening power levels. Right. Teleports him off somewhere else. He's not just going to go do another mission. No. He's going to bust his butt to get back here and do what Professor X wanted him to do, asked him to do in his will, and take care of this mutant. So, on the one hand, you have 
I'm going to go on a mission with the intent of coming back, and I just don't make it back because I die. But in this book, if this is truly where we leave him, it's, well, I got sent off, and oh, well, I guess I'm going to do something else. And then he goes off and dies. And I just, I think the Uncanny Avengers exit was a lot better than the Uncanny X-Men exit. If this is indeed the exit. Yeah, I'm hoping this isn't the exit. I'm hoping he does pop up one more time. He might. We'll see. And then he does kind of like what you said he does. He just, I got to go take care of something. Right. And then disappears. All right. Well, that said, though, I'm still really enjoying this story. I am, too. And Uncanny X-Men is is this still one of my favorite books every month. So when you want to grade Uncanny X-Men number 27. Okay. So given that the art and the colors were a little... Inconsistent. Yeah. I'm going to kind of bypass that because I am enjoying the story. I'm enjoying the fact that this kid is like, he's figuring out hey this is a trick this isn't real this right. is you know so i'm gonna give it, it kind of gives everybody the finger yeah and i like the fact that the x-men are like oh i don't know what to do right instead of being like this is what we're going to do yeah um so i'm gonna give it five out of six i'm also gonna give uncanny x-men number 27 five out of six claws really enjoying it the inconsistency of the art is really probably the only reason i didn't give it a six that was the only reason i didn't give it a six Okay, well, next up, I have um, Avengers World number 14. Basically, this is the aim. Oh, wait, I'll do the credits. This is written by Nick Spencer with art by Marco Cicchetto, colors by Andre Mosa, letters by VCs Joe Caramagna, and the cover by Jorge Molina. And the cover is kind of some different panels, and we have uh, Sunspot front and center, and different heroes flanking him, and then the young... I'm sorry, the future Avengers in the front. Or are they now the young Avengers? Oh, the next Avengers. They're in the front. And so basically, this is the cleanup of the story that's been going on the whole entire first 14 issues with all the different trouble spots with AIM and the Avengers cleaning up and save the day. Wolverine is in a couple of panels saving people in Madripoor. Remember, it's on top of the dragon head now. Uh, giant Shang-Chi with pen particles is able to defeat the dragon. The Avengers save the day. And then we find out that the next Avengers are going to stay in the present, which I don't really care that much about. I neither like nor dislike them all that much. <laughs> There is kind of there. There's a really nice double-page spread by Kaketo, uh and Wolverine's in that, too. I like his Wolverine. I wish he would have had a chance to draw more Wolverine before Wolverine died. Oh, yeah. I do like his Wolverine. Anyway, he gets to kind of draw everybody on this last two pages. Anybody who's anybody in the current Avengers world. And basically, I'm assuming this story is catching up to modern time. Because, of course, now we know Cap is an old man, and Falcon's a new Captain America, and Wolverine's dead, and... All that stuff. They're all growing up. Thor is no longer Thor. What? Yeah, there's a female Thor now. Remember in um, Original Sin where Nick Fury whispered something and Thor couldn't pick up the hammer anymore? Yeah. So he was deemed unworthy. So now he's just running around with a giant axe. And there's a new Thor who's a girl and she's the goddess of thunder now. Boo. Why are you? (laughs) Everybody's excited about that. But you and me because I don't like Thor that much in general. I like the idea that there's a prominent female hero. I I like the fact that we have a female hero. I don't like the fact that, I don't know, I feel like Marvel lately is like, okay, so uh, we're going to kill off this person. They're changing everything up. They're trying to diversify their line. Rule number one of branding is you never change everything at once. Well, 
You can say that, but all these new characters are selling the hell out of their books. As long as the story is good, people will buy because the characters aren't gone. Thor's not gone, he just doesn't have the hammer right now. And Captain America's not gone, he's just old right now. He's just old, but never yeah. mind. I just, the longevity of it. I, it won't stay that way. It better not. <laughs> Look at you being all conservative. I'm not being conservative. I'm trying it from a marketing standpoint. You never change everything at once. You need to like filter a few things in here and there. And from my point of view, it seems like they're changing everything all at once. They are. They're trying to generate buzz and excitement. And for the most part, it's working. And is DC doing anything similar to this? Yes, they are. Actually, a couple years ago, they uh, rebooted their entire line of comics with the new 52. And how did that pan out for them? Really well at first. And I at think, first? Well, their numbers are not where they were when they first did the reboot, uh-huh. but they're still stronger than they were three years ago. Okay, but that proves my point that in the beginning the numbers were stronger and then they filtered down. They filtered down, but not down to where they were before. Well, I know, but what I'm saying is, is there's always a backlash. Every stock that goes up must come down. Well, yes, nothing can stay at a peak. But you still need to try to get the peaks. Oh, I understand that. But there are ways to get the peaks without burning everybody out on the fact that this character has now changed. And this character's changed. And this character's changed. And now there's a new character. And it's a woman with really big boobs. I don't think her boobs are that big, actually. It's, it's a more realistic drawing. Marvel's trying to shy away from the over-sexualized female characters. Really? They're trying to. They don't succeed all the time. I have not seen one succession. Read Miss Marvel buy it for me i have a bunch of issues upstairs. then i'll read it but so far every book that we have read has some woman with really big boobs yes so i'm gonna give avengers world number 14 um <laughs> you know our our fans love our um gender specific banter <laughs> i just think it's funny you're totally coming at this from the opposite of what i thought you would what did you think i, I would? thought you would be excited that there's a female thor i'm excited that there's a female thor and a well, minority I'm, captain okay. america and let me back up i am excited that there a is a female Wolverine. character but if this female character is basically her costume is stuck to her with static cling and she's got really I haven't, big boobs i didn't read it so i don't know okay i will i can find the ad because that's my problem. Hey, so that's the new Thor. I can't see her body. I just see her head. Yeah, I don't know. You can Google it. Okay. I didn't buy it. I don't read Thor. So. <laughs> You're like, conversation over. I don't read Thor. <laughs> anyway, Avengers World, which had one, one or two panels in Wolverine and sparked a really long conversation. I'm going to give... Um, Four out of six claws. And that was our new segment. Hey, remember when Wolverine was alive? <laughs> All right, so last up, we're going to talk about Axis just briefly. Not because I don't like it, because it's actually quite awesome. But because Sabretooth is in, like, literally the last panel of two different issues. And that's going to be Axis number two and the Magneto number 11. Axis number two is the Red Supremacy chapter two, themed to a desperate scene. It is written by Rick Remender with art by Adam Kubert which is awesome. Uh, Laura Martin and Matt Mia do the colors. Chris Eliopoulos does the letters. Jim Chung and Justin Ponsor do the cover. In the cover, we have the axis kind of splitting the cover diagonally uh, with the logo that you can flip it and it reads axis either way because of the way they did the letters. It's an okay logo. Anyway, on the top side, we have the heroes fighting Red Skull. And on the bottom side, we have brothers. Aw, brothers. 
Cyclops and Havoc bonding together. Um, and basically that's the story of this issue. They do bond together. Uh, Cyclops rejoins his old X-Men buddies because they need to join together to fight the Red Skull and put their differences aside. So basically they're getting whooped by the Red Onslaught that Magneto unleashed when he killed the Red Skull who had Professor X's mental powers because he stole his brain from the cadaver. Ew. Yeah. And so they fight these adamantium sentinels that Iron Man had uh, built in case he ever had to fight the Avengers because no hero ever learns from that lesson. Then Red Skull turns them against him and basically kicks the hero's butts. Uh, the art and colors in this are amazing. Magneto supposedly abandons Iron Man but Iron Man gets rescued by some of the other mutants and Avengers and they've been fighting Red Skull but they're losing. Uh, Quentin Quire is throwing up a telepathic shield like a bubble around him. Um, and then go back out to fight, but they're just getting whooped still. There's an awesome panel where um, Iron Man is kind of in the mud in the rain and his suit's kind of beat up and he just looks amazing. It's a great panel by Mr. Kubert. And then our last double page sideways spread is Magneto with Sabretooth, Carnage, Mystique, Doctor Doom, Enchantress, Deadpool, Absorbing Man, Jack-O-Lantern, Hobgoblin, and Loki. And basically Magneto says, you know what? These Sentinels that Iron Man had, these secrets that Red Onslaught stole from Tony Stark, were all these ways to defeat all these heroes. So I'm going to go get a bunch of villains and take Red Skull by surprise because he's not prepared to fight their power set. And so that's what he does. He gets a gang of villains and shows up on the last page. The rain that Kubrick draws throughout this whole issue is awesome. This whole fight's in the rain. It looks amazing. And all our bad guys look awesome on this last page. It's like poster-esque almost. In fact, I would say it is poster-esque. Um, I love Kubert's Magneto. His jack-o'-lantern and Sabretooth both look pretty badass. Anyway, it's just a great, great page. So, I'm gonna give Axis number two. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and give it six out of six claws. Really digging this series so far. Kind of continuation of Remender's big Marvel story. Um, Magneto number 11 is written by Colin Bunn with art by Gabriel Hernandez Walta, colors by Jordi Belair, letters by VCs Corey Pettit, and the cover. <laughs> and the cover is by David Yarden. And basically, we have Magneto's team of villains front and center in a very heroic, like, team pose in a white background. It's a good enough cover. Then, basically, this story is Mag after Magneto. Magneto runs off from Red Skull's mutant death camp in Genosha. He kind of pouts, and his new partner shows him some, basically, uh, Magneto film highlights. One of which is him taking the adamantium out of Wolverine from way back when. So there's a Wolverine appearance. But then it ends up with a story of an interview of a person who, who says, um, We were going to die, but Magneto came, and he scared the hell out of me, but he saved me. And so Magneto gets inspired and he goes and it shows him rounding up all his villains. So this is basically the issue that happened between the scenes of Axis number two where he disappeared and before he came back. And this is everything that happened between then. But also continues the story that Colin Bunn has been writing in Magneto which has been a very very good series so far. I'm going to give Magneto... Oh, and Sabretooth is on the last page. He's one of the villains that Magneto gets, obviously. I'm going to give Magneto number 11. Uh, we'll go six out of six claws again. So both Axis books were great. I think Sabretooth will probably be more involved in the next couple issues. So we'll probably go a little more in depth. But for now, I'm just going to say you should be reading it. It's awesome. But, you know, no Wolverine in this event for the first time in a long time. But we'll have Sabretooth instead. So anyway, that is our Axis update. So 
Yeah. All right. So that's going to do it for episode 105. We ended Death of Wolverine. We started Logan Legacy. We saw other people talk about Wolverine's death. And that's about it. I have no idea what's going to be next. What? You have no idea? No, I mean, I have an idea. It'll either be the next new stuff or it'll be a flashback. <laughs> well, that's obvious. Yeah. So the next flashback will be Wolverine's wedding. I, I couldn't think of a wedding song off the top of my head. Oh, yeah. dun, 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 dun. That'd be the obvious choice. Dun, 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 dun. And the next regular episode will probably focus on the Logan Legacy, a couple issues of that, and then whatever else happens to come out. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, please leave an iTunes review, like the Facebook page. There's no email at snickcastandyahoo.com. Twitter is at snickcast. And the website with show notes and all that jazz is snickcast.podbean.com. So, put on your black armbands. Wolverine's dead. <laughs> Long so, live the king. <laughs> so, until next time. Oh, wait. I want to thank everyone. Okay. For supporting me while I did the marathon. Yes. And listening to our, if you got a buck, donate. Yeah. For our shameless plugs. But yes. she did meet her goal. Yes. So thank you. But yeah. So with a very somber hug and snicks. <sighs> we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>